Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We are commanders. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, February 8th, new desk, who dis? I'm G. Skeetson alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Oh, JD, got the new move in there already, beauty camera move. <laughs> we got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! The international man of mystery taking it to the Max Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm, that's, that's uh, not Lee. Swip, swip, Yeah, wait a jinx song. And finally, making the magic happen, <laughs> super producer, JD. Hello! Too, too many, many moves on, on this podcast. Too, too many moves. <laughs> Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second to marvel at the new desk from our guy, Wendell Holland, winner of Survivor, what, season 36, I think it was, think Ghost so. Island? Sure. Um, yeah, Wendell coming through. He's obviously got uh, the Beeve company is like, um, you know, wood shop company. What do you call it? <laughs> yeah. Production His woodwork company. Yeah, sure. Brought uh, this uh, solid piece of oak straight from the island. <laughs> <laughs> this was an idol at one point. So thank you to Wendell. Uh, we're very excited to finally have this. We're putting the ping pong table in the in memoriam video at the yes, end of the year. That's yes, we're doing. Yes. Yeah. Well, hey, look, it served us pretty well, really, didn't it? It served its purpose. And, uh, it did. But it was, it was always just an interim desk it was and, uh, uh didn't get promoted hopefully too you know fingers crossed especially for you people that just listen to the podcast uh we will have less of the thumping the mics yeah. the pounding Trey, because Trey just tested it out yeah. with the thump there it's a bit better looking good sounding quite yeah. good you really gotta Solid. smack yeah, this yeah you one. gotta smack it before it was like if you touched it with a little pinky you get a Boom! Yeah. What the bass drop? Yeah. solid. I this like better. when Wendell came and uh, delivered it. You asked him, Skeets, what type of wood is this? I gotta know. <laughs> I got. Did you know? I mean, I, I look at yeah. a piece of wood. I have no idea. Oh, what I is. never know. Ah, yeah. look at the grains here. <laughs> uh, and nice grains. Wendell said oak. And yeah. You said what did you say? You said it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have said that's a wood I know. <laughs> yeah. More of that. Check out Wendell's Instagram. He's apparently got this big reel coming for or the installation that he had yesterday. Oh, as putting well. it in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's had nice multiple tease. camera angles going there? Yeah, I thought that was your job for our show. <laughs> <laughs> what were you? doing i was admiring wendell's <laughs> well, he was asking wendell am i gonna get in your reel <laughs> oh, no, okay. he was asking can you send me that footage so we can post it yeah. uh email in your nba questions to no dunks at the follow us on twitter instagram facebook tiktok at no dunks inc uh on today's show we're actually going to look at the elite teams in both conferences and with the deadline coming up on thursday we're going to look at each squad and go are they a buyer or a seller or maybe neither 
uh, as we uh, approach Thursday's deadlines. So we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. We'll get to tonight, uh, last night's excuse me, games as well. But we got some news here first. Let's just slip it in. Hornets guard LaMelo Ball and Spurs guard DeJounte Murray will replace their NBA all or make, excuse me, their NBA All-Star debuts after being named as injury replacements by Adam Silver on Monday. LaMelo taking the spot of Kevin Durant. And Murray will sub for Draymond Green. Both those guys injured KD and Draymond. KD's got the sprained MCL in the left knee, and Draymond's got this back injury that's uh, kept him out for a while here. So, Tass, I mean, these were names on a lot of people's lists. Draymond Green was talking about DeJounte Murray, DeJounte Murray, DeJounte mm-hmm. Murray when he was on the broadcast, but uh, surprised at all with the LaMelo Ball one? A tiny bit. Yeah. Jared Allen had gained some steam in the last few weeks. I do like the LaMelo inclusion. I know a couple of us had him on our all-star teams. It's yeah. going to be exciting seeing him flinging that ball around on the Sunday, even though he's getting in over Jared Allen, who would seem to be the next guy, who is another one of my sons this season. I love Jared <laughs> Allen. And Jared Allen going from five years, $100 million before this season, who is that guy, to underpaid this season. He is absolutely killing it. But I'm I'm pumped uh, for LaMelo, and they got to get them in now. They got to get a Charlotte Hornet in now before they go sub 500 because they are <laughs> losing game after game after game after game. I think it's a five-game losing streak. And, yeah, it was cool seeing him on the bench there. And DeJounte Murray, hey, a little respect to the Spurs. The Spurs exist, I guess. I mean, it seems like they've flew not, flown under the radar for years, mm-hmm. really. Uh, so it's great to see him and and his bounce back from his injury a couple of years ago. Any reaction to these two guys? Well, for Adam Silver, it must have been tough because I saw Raptors fans, I saw Wolves fans, I saw Suns fans all saying, oh, where's the respect for our guy? Yeah. You know, yep. whether it's Bridges or Anthony Edwards or Siakam. So it was tough no matter who he chose. I think Jared Allen on the whole season is more deserving, but I'm certainly not upset that LaMelo Ball's in. He would have been probably right behind uh, Jared Allen for me in the Eastern Conference for guys getting in. So a little surprised because it's in Cleveland. He didn't go Jared Allen first. Maybe there'll be another spot anyway here, mm-hmm. depending on uh, Kevin Durant and one or two other guys there. And I think I think Jared Allen's a near lock to get that spot. But LaMelo Ball should be fun. Uh, he'll be entertaining. And it's good to see a Charlotte Hornet in there. Yeah, I think some people maybe were surprised that Commissioner Silver in the league went with two more guards in place of two forwards right. and Katie and Draymond Green that part they usually uh, you know I I didn't go crunch the numbers and look at every all-star replacement but it feels <laughs> like if a forward goes out they sort of replace it with a forward player if a guard goes out they replace it with another guard player but not in this case Trey like for like is what I was expecting, especially with the game being in Cleveland. So to me, Jared Allen, he's a dub snub. Snub twice. <laughs> no other way to say it. You could just say he was snubbed twice, which would be smart. Anyways, it's hard to be mad at putting LaMelo in the All-Star game. Like, it's going to be just fun to watch him. I assume he will make numerous appearances throughout the course of his career. And as we saw with Rudy Gobert in the past, it took him a while to actually make his first All-Star team. So Jared Allen will get there eventually. It just felt like this was the perfect time for him, especially after having a great weekend. 20 rebounds followed by 17 rebounds. Looked like he was going to be getting that All-Star replacement spot. And I'm really happy to see DeJounte Murray make it because I just thought that the that Adam Silver would go with Anthony Davis, a huge name, a longtime All-Star. But this is nice to throw a little bone to the Spurs because Murray He's been incredible this year. 19-9-8, almost a triple-double. He's been an all-star, so cool that he's actually getting in the game. And I wonder how much it factored in to have two more franchises represented in the all-star game rather than a second calf or a second Laker. What is this, baseball? <laughs> well, <laughs> spread out the picks. Yeah, well, I, yeah. No, I'm, I, I'm happy Anthony Davis didn't get there. <laughs> and, and to be honest, you know, it's... He just had a subpar year. And as the, as the players had him, what? They had him way down in terms of forwards. 
in terms of what they voted. So, yeah, it's great to get a Spur in there. It just seems like only the diehards really, really, really are watching the Spurs over the last few years. The only other news from this is that the league announced that uh, Jason Tatum will take Durant's place as a starter because of where he landed in terms of votes. That's how they ultimately end up deciding that. So the fan vote, I believe, comes Mm. into play there. So Tatum's in. He'll mm-hmm. be uh, he'll be in that the starter pool when we get to LeBron and KD, who's still going to draft. He says uh, his squad here, even though he's not playing in the game. That will think happening uh, on Thursday, if I have that right. Okay, let's get to last night's games. Uh, five. We'll touch on all five of them. Booker scores thirty-eight. Trey as the NBA best Phoenix Suns. Hang on. Hang on to beat the Bulls. One twenty-seven. One twenty-four. A very deceiving final score. Well deceiving <laughs> three point game <laughs> this was close the Bulls had a chance to win this one here down in the, fin- the final couple of minutes just kidding the Suns completely outclassed the Bulls in this one Devin Booker was on fire especially in the first half he finished with 38 points added four rebounds five assists was 14 of 23 shooting he could have been an even better shooting because he was just gunning for 40 at the end mm-hmm. which you know respect to him Chris Paul went for 19 and 11 it was basically when Devin Booker wasn't taken over Chris Paul was taken over every other starter for Phoenix was in double figures JaVale McGee gave him 16 points off, off the bench he dominated the second quarter he hit a three-pointer It was the JaVale show out there. Jay Crowder had a double-double. As for the Bulls, they got 38 from DeRozan. Zach Levine was back in the lineup. He looked pretty good, 32 points. When they're playing, they're going to be in games because DeRozan and Levine, they can just score. But right now, with no Lonzo, no Caruso, it basically comes down to trading buckets. And you're not going to beat the Suns Mm -hmm. trading buckets in the fourth quarter, especially for the Bulls. This was their fourth game in five nights coming off. That loss on, I guess, Sunday against the 76ers, where Joel Embiid put up a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of points. Cool. couple of funny number notes here. You mentioned it, Skeets. This ended up being a close game because the teams emptied their bench. Malcolm Hill checked in with a minute 41 left and scored eight points, and he was just, like, knocking down threes. And Devin Booker, like I said, he finished with 38. He missed his last two shots, which would have given him 40 points, obviously. That would have been three straight games that the Bulls allowed a 40-point score. Lavert and Bede, and then 38 for Booker. So, yeah, not great for the Bulls, but... What do you expect? You're playing against the Suns. They don't mess around. They always take care of business. Mm. Yeah. And this was crazy because it was our pick'em game. <laughs> and I have to admit, I was like, oh, Tass finally got a win here in uh, February. <laughs> they were up 15 with like a couple minutes left. I'm like, okay, nice cover yeah. there by the Suns. That was a dumb pick by me and Trey. Uh, no, they end up covering. But anyway, thoughts uh, on uh, Yeah, uh, it was a very impressive performance here from the Suns. And they had the rest advantage going in. Trey yeah. mentioned the four and five nights. And also, you saw, and against Philadelphia as well, Vucci, okay offensively. He can sort of spread them out a little little bit but defensively he looked really outclassed last night because you can throw those lobs to eight and then JaVale comes in and he's a long guy as well <laughs> I really like though Adam Amin I've got to give him so much respect because when JaVale McGee stepped into that three he knew his career three-pointers made and attempted in that moment <laughs> he's carrying around JaVale McGee's career three-point makes <laughs> in his head you might have it in front of him on a but computer. I mean in that moment you can't be like oh he's going to shoot a three I've, yeah. got to che- I've got to quickly check on basketball reference so that right. was just mind-blowing to me Some Somebody doing some preparation. It's crazy. <laughs> Come on. Who, who's, who's prepping JaVale McGee's career three-point shooting? Anyway, and the other thing was uh, Devin Booker hit a nice three and he left it hanging and he said, a real Sydney Dean look there from uh, oh, Devin wow. Booker. So he had it all going last night. But yeah, when it's a uh, a uh, technically a blowout, I guess you've got to find other things to talk about. But yeah, it was super impressive here from Phoenix. Um, you know, they obviously don't care about the cover. They just got a, a very good win against a good team. Yeah, they are now 43-10 and 10 tasks, uh, the Phoenix Suns. Still the best team in the league, like I said. 
Yes, and still not the NBA favorite to win the championship. <laughs> don't gamble, but put some money on the odds. <laughs> I mean, don't gamble when you're uh, – uh, this is a case in point, this basketball game, which was crazy, the six-and-a-half-point line at the end of the game. The Suns just kind of got out of the way. They obviously had their bench players on, and they just did the math. They didn't foul or anything. They just knew, okay, this team, the Bulls are going to hit a three or a two every possession. We still can't lose. No fouling, uh, no worries, <laughs> but they covered, obviously, so don't gamble. Also, you know, the Suns are still third or fourth favorites, whatever they are. I saw a plus 1,500 out there for the Suns. Wow. It is a little crazy for us watching this team at 43-10. and 10. And you look at every other team out there that has some issues. Every team in the Eastern Conference, there's a hole in every team in the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. The Warriors' injuries, we'll get to those. There's a couple there that are minor. The Suns are extremely healthy. It's a little bit of a flashback to last year when they were the healthier bunch going up against every team that they played against. So there isn't a lot of money on the Suns, I suppose, because they don't have that star power or for whatever reason. Maybe it's because it's the point in the season where people don't uh, bet on t- bet on their championship favorites quite yet. Whatever the reason, it's there's some good odds, mm-hmm. some real good odds out there. But don't gamble. You talked about uh, Suns fans maybe being upset that Mikael Bridges mm-hmm. wasn't uh, the injury replacement for Draymond Green. What they should really be upset with is you for not having Cam Johnson on your <laughs> three-point team. Uh, you know, part of the field there that we'll see at All-Star Weekend because he hit you know another two for five yeah. last night. This guy is like one of the leaders when it comes to three-point efficiency and he takes enough too yeah. it's not like we're taking like one or two a game here 43 percent, i ah, believe man and uh two and a half a game yeah get him in there <laughs> Lee wants I mean, star powers <laughs> I, I, ah, I know it's but like, he, wants, he wants kelly Oubre jr over cam didn't johnson Oubre go over eight from three yeah. last night yeah. 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 Too long, too, yeah. well okay then i don't want the lefties coming at me saying oh you know we've got to get a list the lefties coming at you easy ned flanders all right uh our next game from last night uh siakam yeah he should be an all-star too and the raptors beat the hornets 116 101 for their sixth straight victory uh tass what'd you take away from this one saw you tweeting about it skates who says the raptors can't win this thing they're in six <laughs> now they're four and a half out of first again a lot of question marks with those eastern conference teams pascal siakam you mentioned him oh, this, is this like, guy's on fire yeah and and i think it's easy to forget because of the wild two years that the raptors have had since they won the championship that this guy was a big time player on the championship team along with fred van vliet and i say that because when they played the hornets yesterday every time the hornets were looking to push the Raptors just shut the door, and that's a championship team. And those two guys were leaders on that team, and I know Fred's in a totally different role with Kyle Lowry. Uh, it was his, obviously, the guy in front of him, but uh, he's learned so much. Pascal looks like he's learned so much. Those two guys, along with Gary Trent and OG Ananobi, had over 20 points in this game. Four guys over 20 for the fourth time this season. Mm-hmm. Hasn't happened a lot in Raptors history two was the most in a season for four guys to score 20 points so they are uh doing it together they are quite the ensemble and uh those dudes those four guys if you add to that if you add to that at the trade deadline we'll get to the raptors uh possibilities of of making a trade a little bit later on they get a fifth they get a sixth guy off the bench who knows what happens in this eastern conference because it's 
It's looking like it's anybody's game in the Eastern Conference right now. You brought up trades. Mm. Lee t- t- turning his computer to me to <laughs> show me we might have some breaking news here. What, what's the deal here? According to Woj, the Blazers and the Pelicans are in serious discussions on a trade centered on C.J. McCollum. I, I know, man. I had it. No, I'm just saying the C.J. McCollum part. Yeah, 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 of course. Of course, yeah. of course. So, uh, People talk- are like, we got a semi-Woj bomb yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, their teams are talking oh, during trade deadline? Sorry. So, okay, there's been an update already. <laughs> Shams has got it. He's saying they're finalizing a deal to acquire uh, CJ McCollum to the uh, Pelicans for Josh Hart and draft competition. Wow. There we go. Oh, we go. Galaxy Brain thinking yeah. of the Blazers. Yeah. Let the Pelicans really pass there here, even go. though they already have. All right. This is fun. Maybe yeah. we can uh, talk about that a little bit later in the show. We'll go back to the games. Mm. Uh, anything from the Raptors victory or the Hornets? Did you watch uh, this one? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. Uh, the Raptors, again, That that top, you talk about it. They're five best. Oh, yeah. uh, they can hang with anyone. They can. And and again, uh, Siakam is just on it. He is, is, I don't know what he did, but uh, in the recent times, he's just been playing so much better. He's so confident with the ball which I think was just missing from his game for a long yeah. time. And they're saying, you're the playmaker. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's and basically their point guard. He's going, into the, he's going into the paint. He's getting to his spot. He's shooting with confidence. He's got all that sort of stuff that it's like, where was that for a good season or so there? Um, the only minor sort of quibble I guess I'll have is they got 19 minutes out of Boucher, 15 from Achua, and Banton played. I just hope that the heavy minutes on the starters doesn't catch up with them at some point. It may. But listen, they've got to win games. They've got to solidify their place in the playoffs, and they're doing that right now. And as Tass mentioned, the Hornets sort of threw a few punches there, but every time they did, the Raptors came back uh, and basically just extended it out to that sort of double-digit area and just kept it out of reach. And uh, Eric Collins, man, he's a fun listen. You could just feel it in his voice. He's like, man, can't get these guys tonight sort mm-hmm. of thing. So, uh, yeah, fun game. <laughs> Hornets were sloppy with the ball. Uh, again, a lot of that is the Raptors' defense, but they also lost Gordon Hayward in like the first five or six minutes of this game. Did you see that, by the way? Hayward goes down under the basket and instead of the Hornets probably calling a timeout because your guy is underneath the net like in quite a bit of pain they go the other way thinking they're going to take advantage of four on five basketball I don't know why Uh, and then Raptors get a stop they come the other way and Gary Trent Jr. ends up scoring and actually lands again on Gordon Hayward and I have no idea if it actually made it any worse but ankle injury didn't return LaMelo tried to take a foul. I think even Gary Trent Jr. tried to take a foul at one point, and the rest were just letting them play. Yeah. But you got to call a timeout there, Barrega. I'm sorry. It's so early in the game, too. It's like there's nothing to be gained, again, playing four on five, going the way. It's just really strange, and, strange. and hopefully Hayward's okay. But that's a that's a bad loss in this game and be a brutal loss for the Hornets moving forward if he's out for any extended time here. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I mean, this team... The Hornets have zero interest in playing defense. And I mean, it's like you're never going to win a comeback if you can't play defense. You got to so, get stops. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to get stops to be able to actually pull off the comeback. Same thing that basically happened with the Bulls, right? It's like they were scoring, but they couldn't stop the Suns from scoring. And that's the case with the Hornets right now. It's very weird to see James Borrego say post game, our offense will be better when our defense picks up. What defense? Literally what defense? No, they don't have a big guy who can stop anybody. LaMelo is not interested on that end, and Terry Rozier's a small guy, so they just are not going to be able to put together a defense, which, you know, that's why every game kind of feels like a pickup game when they're playing. Fun to watch, but not a serious team right now, I don't think. It's wonderful, but the other team is wonderful to watch. I Just watching Pascal, yeah, grow into what he was before. I mean, he's, he was a great player two years ago. Everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people gave up on him. Ah. That was a flash in the pan. Uh, he's back to being incredible and taking so much pressure off Fred. Yeah. Uh, because Fred had to do everything on that offense. Now Pascal is back, and now they're sharing the duties. And then OG is a third guy all of a sudden, and he's 
very good at that. And mm-hmm. Gary Trent can come off any pick and fire away. He's very good at that. Then you got a rook in the fifth spot in Scotty Barnes, which is fun. But, you know, if we're going to make a real run, we we are going to make a real oh, run. Maybe you need another one. Maybe you need another vet in there to to pay off. And Chris Boucher is playing really really well, and, and they are playing more minutes off the bench. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's helped out. I would say the problem for the Raptors is going to be when other teams start playing their players 40 minutes a night in the playoffs because that's such an advantage for the Raptors. When you look up and you're like, okay, uh, we've got three guys off the bench playing for the opponents, for the Hornets, and then you look and it's like four Raptors starters. They should win every one of those minutes, so they do. Eventually, they're going to be playing against other starters in the bench. So that will be the question for the Raptors. Can their starters keep balling against other starters and then yeah, they two, are playing like it's the playoffs for sure yeah, yeah and then two teams specifically in the eastern conference uh what happens when siakam picks up two quick fouls against mm-hmm. Embiid or Giannis? Mm-hmm. you know like that's bound to happen in a playoff yeah, those, game those two giant guys are a problem for almost every yeah, team in yeah, the East. I yeah would say. but <laughs> but with the raptors starting five like you can almost like pencil them in tass it feels like for like 80 to 90 points every game from mm-hmm. their starting five because these guys like it's like you know, Van Vliet, Siakam, OG, you said it, Gary, he's on fire. You know, that's 80 right there. Barnes is good for 15, 10 to 15. You know, it's like you're adding up a lot of points there, and then they play defense. Just couldn't get, get those contributions off the bench, and Boucher has been good, like you said. If right. only Kem Oak, not Kem Birch, oh, was boy. three inches taller. Oh, oh don't geez, do sorry that. Sorry about that. Okay, it doesn't mean I we punch, can slap the table just because we got a table the head. Yeah. All right, uh, the other games here. I want to fly through these because I want to get to the McCollum trade yeah. here and then all this other stuff with the buyers and sellers at the deadline. Clay Thompson, 21 points, uh, late threes, lead the Warriors past the Thunder. The Warriors have won nine in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the quietest sort of nine-game win streak we've seen this season. Uh, but, yeah, Clay Thompson hits some threes late. Sort of almost like that uh, that game in 2016 where Clay's hitting those daggers late. He's walking in as he's knocking down the three, leaving it hanging here. Sort of just fended off the thunder. The thunder kept it close. Doughty had a great putback there late. Uh, but Steph Curry also hit a deep three late to really just extend this one. Pretty good effort from the thunder, but uh, never really felt like they were going to win this one. I don't like you adding a Y to Dort. I really don't. I got to say it. Brad Doherty. I mean, yeah, Chris Duarte. Doherty. I can't help it, Doherty. Uh, I, I, He's got, I, like, the best name as it is. Dort. Lude's Dort. Too short. No, it's perfect. You don't need a Y on that Lude one. Short. I know you add it to everything. Uh, yeah, Clay, pretty pretty special there. Nine yeah. in a row, it has gone a little under the radar. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because the Suns are still winning, too, a majority of their games, and the Warriors are, like, just still, like, that couple games back from them. I don't know what it is. I... I haven't been paying all that close attention, i got to be honest. Yeah, Yeah, they don't have Draymond Green right now, so it's pretty weird uh, to see the Warriors stretching out this win streak here. He's obviously their best defensive player. He kind of organizes everything on that end, and he makes things a lot easier for Stephen Curry as well. He's such a great passer offensively, so it's been cool to see uh, Steph kind of change his game midway through the season. Once Draymond went out, he's been a lot more of a playmaker. He was like 30 points per game up until Draymond... You know, like 30 points, five assists a game up until Draymond went out. Since then, it's like 23 and nine. That's two different styles of play right there, mm-hmm. but obviously both very effective. As for Dort, there's going to be another Dort in the NBA pretty soon. Mm. There's a Lee Dort. Mm. Lee, Lee and Lou Dort. Dort. Lee <laughs> and Lou Dort. Can't wait. I also think it's funny, Lee, that you bring up uh, the Clay Thompson game from obviously 2016. Uh, what was that? Was a game seven, right? When game he was six, up, oh, six. game six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. game six. Uh, everybody was bringing it up on Twitter last night. So Clay got asked about it afterwards in post game. He's like, "Yeah, I didn't think about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. Like, I yeah. didn't think about that at all." But it's a very treasured memory for me. Oh, yeah. yeah, thank you, Captain. Uh, all right, two other games. Anything to add to that one? To the Warriors uh, win? Well, there was that possession where the Thunder got five offensive rebounds, and uh, it showed that the Warriors have some size problems, especially without Draymond Green in there and 
maybe, 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 maybe they make a move for a big afterward because Andre Godala came back in this game uh, off their bench after missing eight games, and he went out with a back problem. Draymond Green's got back issues. So maybe we'll get to it. We'll yeah, get to yeah. we'll get to possible trade partners for that because they are tiny. You know, Draymond Green is undersized. Uh, Kevon Looney has been great, uh, but they don't really have a backup center. So maybe they make a move, but probably not. We'll talk about it. Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler lead the Heat to the one twenty one to one hundred win over the Wizards. Blow out Washington. Blow them up. Okay, so yeah, exactly. Twenty nine other GMs. Take a look at that Wizards roster. Vet after vet after vet to help you on your team right here right now there's so many Contavious Caldwell Pope champ starter on that Lakers team <laughs> led them in three pointers to that mm. playoff run which is wild to think about Kuzma he did some things on that team as well winning the championship Aaron Holiday ski too like Aaron Holiday oh you like Justin Holiday <laughs> I like all the holidays you like all the holidays maybe yeah. you can fool another GM to thinking you're trading for Justin Holiday <laughs> but Aaron Holiday uh, Spencer Dinwiddie he knows the yep. future uh, I don't know. They got guys. They have guys on that team that you can trade for. So there's. Do you think everybody's basically available? Yeah. Which well, there's got to be some guys who aren't available. The Youngs are all. I guess they're all available. Rui and Denny. Combine their yeah, first name. Be, Gafford's think, yeah. untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't touch Gafford. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it He's was sticky, a once man. promising season. The Wizards, I think, had hopes on on finishing in that top six, and now they're they're outside of the playing tournament only by a game to yeah. the to Atlanta Hawks, but. I guess they have to pick a route as well here. Are they saying, all right, let's see if we can get something right. for Kuz? And, you know, I believe as well, I saw on Twitter last night, I think it was Chase Hughes who had it first. Uh, Bradley Beal's management was apparently meeting with the Wizards' front office. Does that mean anything? We'll find out, I guess, in the next 48 hours. Yeah. I doubt it. I don't think he's getting traded such with su- such short notice. But obviously, if the Wizards, uh, th- they may as well cash in something they've got right now because... They looked like they were going to be a surprise team this season. And they were, but uh, it's really fallen off recently. Mm. And I forgot to slip this in the other day. I guess it was yesterday. Uh, that Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat coaching staff will be coaching uh, Kevin Durant's team during the All-Star <laughs> game. Uh, it was uh, the Bull, That Bulls loss, I guess, sealed the deal the other night against the Sixers on Sunday, if I have nice. that right. That's so, right. Yeah, there you go. They got Kevin Durant's going to be coaching too, I guess. He's not playing. Does he have to sit on the sideline and be part of the know. team? He should, he should ditch out. He should, he should go on vacation. <laughs> Just if draft you're not playing, team go then... somewhere else. Draft and say, I will catch you in the streams. Mm, yeah. We'll, we'll see what he does. Yeah. But he is a basketball sicko. He really is. So he, if, that guy, that guy no doubt is be a there. basketball sicko. Yeah. He would love to be around uh, the balls bouncing on the court there. Uh, and just, uh, you know, with the heat, Lowry, as I see Lowry back, he's playing 30 minutes a game, you know, doing Lowry things there. Just uh, efficient numbers, mm-hmm. you know, not lighting up the box score by any means, but just being the the, uh, the table setter there for the Miami Heat. Obviously a great team. They were good without him. They were good without, like, all of their guys at, at points this year. And now... Well, here you have Bam. You got Jimmy. You got Kyle. Obviously, Duncan Robinson's got it going a little bit. He hit four threes last night. And then P.J. Tucker as your uh, starting five there. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a tough, tough team to beat. Uh, yeah, but I think it is huge for them to have Larry, even though he's a little bit older. Because of guys course. can fill in, but no one can sort of set them up the way that he does yeah. consistently. So, and uh, defensively yeah. still, yeah. So he may not be their best player. You know, maybe it's Jimmy or Bam, whoever you want to choose out of those two. But is, as far as getting them going... I, I think he is such a critical piece for them, uh, mm-hmm. especially in the playoffs. I mean, Lowry has delivered in the playoffs. He had a bit of a rough start there with Toronto, but by the end of his time there, he was he was legit stud. And they need that guy. They need him because uh, 
They just look completely different, I think, without him. You should add a Y to Lowry's name. <laughs> Kylie. Lowry. Kylie Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> or that. Uh, the final game from last night, uh, Donovan Mitchell nets 32 points uh, as the Jazz rally past the Knicks for their third straight victory. Uh, nice to see Donovan Mitchell sort of back here. I know this was his second game back from uh, concussion protocols. He had missed a lot of time. He was awesome. 32, 7, 6. Also had four steals. Played a lot of minutes. He looked tired by the end of it. He said he was. Uh, The play of the game, though, an offensive rebound from Donovan Mitchell. This was huge. The Jazz were up one with about four minutes to go. Donovan made a nice pass, like leaping sort of over-the-top skip pass to Mike Conley on the other side. He lets the three go. He misses it. And Donovan, because he's on the other side of the court still where he passed it from, just leaps over Mitchell Robinson. Who I mean, who's obviously a great rebounder and was a great rebounder in this game, and we'll get to that footage in a second, but Mitchell just straight up jumped over him, mm-hmm. grabbed it, and then had the wherewithal right away to find Azubuki just underneath uh, underneath the rim for a, for a quick score. And he just, like, sealed the deal, Donovan Mitchell did. And I thought the Knicks had chances, too. They were missing free throws, bad turnovers. Oh. Um, an abysmal fourth quarter, if we're being honest, for New York. They went 5 of 20 in the final 12 minutes and committed six turnovers. So they're now twenty-four and thirty on the on the season, and they're zero and two here on this on this little road trip as we get to the All Star break. But it's just like, oh yeah, the Jazz are awesome when Donovan Mitchell plays. They're just a, such, a, of course, such a better team, and this is still without Rudy. So yeah. nice to have them sort of like they're going to get their guys back here, and they're going to be uh, you know a title contender. I think they'll be in the mix. Yeah, I mean they have to be because we just know this team, and they know we know that they're a good defensive team. They're a very good offensive team, but they have really dropped with those two guys out. Right now, they do sit fourth, still two and a half games back of the Grizzlies. So, will they have that little second half surge? I mean, can the Grizzlies keep up this as well? Like for everything they've done so far has been great, but that close stretch of the season is going to be tough because the experienced team of the Jazz, you just feel, are going to be better. They're going to sort of correct their issues, and, and again, when everybody's healthy, obviously Jingles is gone for the season for them but I think when Rudy's back and Donovan playing at this level then the Jazz would certainly like to get up into that uh, top three they're the best offense in the league right now but the defense without Rudy being there for last what seven games or so six or seven games you know they've fallen down to 13th it hasn't been that great on that end so they'll try and get that up to top 10 yeah Uh, and they got helped out by a man named Yudoka Azubuki it's great to have another Azubuki in the league Kileno was good Yudoka's a great name. Three straight games, double-digit <laughs> rebounds. He had 14 boards to help out. So, yeah, they're shoring up uh, the Gobert absence right now. I thought the play of the game, though, was Julius Randle not shooting the ball with 110 oh. left on yeah, that, that, that too. really open look. It's just the Knicks are... I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the next 48 hours because our man Fred Katz at the Athletic points out the next like 13 games on their schedule, they are probably the underdog in for most of them like 12 of the next 13 so it's a little scary what's going to happen uh to that team but yeah you got to believe in the jazz and it was great to hear joe ingles on the call Mm. he was in the in the booth he's got a future as a talkity talk as one of (laughs) as one of us as one of us talking heads if he wants it i don't know he doesn't seem like he really cares to he just he's just like (laughs) I don't know. He's, he's got like, better things to do. Right, right. Sort of Clay-like. Clay's like, I'll do it every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. He's great he's at it, but you're like, about, I don't yeah. want to do this every day. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a big coffee drinker, Joe. And I saw on Twitter people are saying, well, now you got time. Why don't you start your own shop, roast your own beans? And he's like, maybe I will. So, uh, 
Maybe that's his future. <laughs> but he said he's not retiring. No, I know. He he's definitely not back. retiring. Yeah, yeah. 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 In, in fact, there was an article with Tim McMahon. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw it, yeah. but uh, he basically said, like, people thought I dead. I was dead yeah. after the injury. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to come back and I'm going to be stronger and I, I hope to continue playing in the NBA. Just have so. all those beans coursing through him. <laughs> uh, I said Donovan Mitchell had a huge offensive rebound late, which he did. Uh, it, was, it was an awesome, awesome board. And then, like I said, a little pass. But Mitchell Robinson... Uh, Put on a show, at least when it comes to the big beef there, TK. That's exactly right. Big games for both Mitchells, Donovan and Robinson. JD, roll that beautiful beef footage. Mitchell Robinson had 21 rebounds. Bing bong! <laughs> That's a lot of roast beef, which is... Bing bong! (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) That hits. Uh, The double bing bong. 21 boards for Mitchell Robinson, his second big beef of his career. Do you remember his first one? Oh, it was like first year. First year, rookie year. Against the... Raptors. Toronto Raptors. Oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, 21 <laughs> rebounds, that's good. Yeah. It's because the Knicks missed a lot of shots. Ten of those were offensive rebounds. They need a point guard, basically. They need somebody who can handle the ball because when you have more turnovers than shots made in the fourth quarter, that's not good. But mm. this is an impressive beef because those are some huge dudes out there. Mm. I yeah. like that a lot of teams like to have a variety in their centers, right? They're like, we'll have our huge guy, and then we'll have our quick guy, and then we'll have our shooting guy. The Jazz are like, we've got Rudy Gobert. <laughs> So we're getting two more Rudy Gobert's in Hassan Whiteside <laughs> and has a boogie. They're like, we'll just find the biggest guys we can. Right. And it works for him. Yeah. So, yeah. Robinson was battling down there. That's a big guy. He looks like the most tired dude of all time when he's playing. Like, <laughs> he just looks like that. But he plays hard and he was getting after He it. looked Fun tired time. when he clanked two free throws. Yeah, so yeah, they, well, that was like a three-point game, I think. Oh, those yeah. were bad. He's got the old... Sort of a knuckleball three-point oh. shot there. Like, just sort of goes flat. Right, you know, right. hope it goes in. But uh, but his conditioning is something the Knicks have been trying to work on with him because mm-hmm. he's a young guy. He shouldn't be so gassed mm-hmm. uh, as often as he is because uh, I think he's very important to what they do, just his presence. But he's got to be able to stay on the court and be contributing the whole game. All right, well, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll get to this uh, breaking news with CJ McCollum, maybe, I guess, headed to the Pelicans for Josh Hart and draft (laughs) competitions. And then we'll look at other teams, especially the elite teams in both conferences, and decide whether or not they'll be buyers or sellers here in the uh, 48 hours leading up to the trade deadline. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? 
Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. Okay, well, let's get to the reported deal here. Sham Sharanya of The Athletic saying the Pelicans are finalizing a trade to acquire Blazers guard CJ McCollum for a package around Josh Hart and draft compensation. I don't know if there's any tweets following that, but that's what I have, Tass, so I throw it at you. Hart and some sort of draft picks to the Blazers in exchange for CJ McCollum. What do you think? This has to mean that Damian Lillard is next to me. This has to be a full teardown. It has to be. Damian Lillard, a few weeks ago, was talking about not wanting to come back uh, to the Blazers this season if they were playing for a draft pick. They just traded their two (laughs) best players beside him. No disrespect to Yusuf Nurkic, but they just traded Norman Powell and they just traded CJ McCollum. This has to mean a full teardown. And for the Blazers, I'm sure they're looking at this trade and thinking, couldn't we get more? I'm not sure of, of the actual the draft compensation coming back, but it feels a lot like the Orlando Magic scenario last year where they traded Aaron Gordon, they traded Vucevic, they let go of Fournier. And yes, it hasn't been a fruitful season for the Orlando Magic, but they got a lot of picks. And if that's the scenario for the Portland Trailblazers, in addition to what I think they're going to get for Damian Lillard, I don't know if you guys agree, but they have to be trading Dame. Why exactly? Why? Because he's not going to want to be there. He's 32. What kind of team are they going to have around Dame for the next few years? I think uh, like he wants an, to be there to get that huge contract. I think that that's Damian Lillard will stick around until he signs that gigantic super duper max after being a 10 year veteran. And then that's when we'll be talking about trades. Woj is reporting there's optimism a deal will be completed, hmm. perhaps as soon as today, but there's mm-hmm. still work to be done to reach an agreement. So we shall see what these draft picks yeah, are. Yeah, that's what they're deciding yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. How many and yeah, protections. And the, the Pelicans stuff, have yeah. a ton of draft yeah. picks to trade from the Drew Holiday trade, from the Anthony, Anthony Davis yeah. trade. So they've got a lot of stuff to throw into the mix here. So I agree that, I mean, the team's not going to be as good. Damian Lillard is not going to come back this year. The Blazers are going to try for a top five pick. And then maybe you can take your top five pick alongside whatever they're getting from the Pelicans, and then you make a move to bring in a veteran alongside Damian Lillard. I don't think it's necessarily the end, but you can definitely see a pathway towards Mm. it. What do you think, Lee? Well, I'm just trying to look at some of the most uh, salivating picks that the uh, Blazers might want here. And according to this, to to, uh, Pro (laughs) Sports Transactions, you know, there's an unprotected pick from the Lakers in 2022 there. So, you know, I, I would say the Blazers are saying, we want that. We want unprotected, probably multiple firsts as well with, with CJ McCollum. You would think so. Yeah, I he's mean, got if... two years left at about $68 million on his contract. He's yeah. still a, you know, he, he's an all-star fringe player at his best, no doubt about it. So I, you would have to think, for me, the Blazers are saying, yeah, we want all this draft assets because that's our direction. And whether or not they choose to move on from Damian Lillard, we'll, we'll obviously find out. But I think they have chosen a path. They've gotten away from the Norm Power contract. They got a you know a, a, a default draft pick out of that. But really, I think they're just trying to acquire all those and and start the rebuild. That's what it would seem like to me. It's just whether or not the uh, Pelicans are prepared to give up 
uh, an unprotected pick, which you would think they would probably want to hang on to. They would want others you would think that have got uh, not quite as potentially valuable because mm-hmm. if it's unprotected, of course, that could be the number one pick and you don't want to give up that. Yeah, last year the Magic were able to get an unprotected pick from the Bulls and then a top four protected. You know, for for Vooch. Yeah. That seems to be that that's always the benchmark when people talk about trades this year. That's what every GM is striving for. A couple of those picks, and you're never gonna get two unprotected. But if one is unprotected, they end up tra- getting Franz Wagner with one of those picks and then the top four down the line. That's probably what they're yearning for, and that's not that's not bad. Right. That's not bad if they can if they can get that for CJ McCollum. We understand I mean, we think we understand what the Blazers are doing here, which is like be bad this season yeah. at the very least, then figure out what the hell you're doing with Damian Lillard. Uh this side's interesting. But what about the Pelican side of things here? I mean, they're getting a guy. I mean, Colum has not had a great year, but this is a guy that we had on the on the all star snubs list for like three years running. Mm-hmm. And injuries was a big part of it, the the one year that he didn't make it. I think he was averaging like twenty three, twenty four a game. But the Pelicans, you know, in the play in here, Tass, Ingram balling out. Um, they're they're seeing what just an opportunity to strike here and get like some scoring in the in the backcourt to then hopefully add Zion Williamson at some point this season and you maybe have yourself a decent little squad. What do you think? Yeah, uh, glass half full. You're playing with Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Zion Williamson, Jonas Valanciunas. That's yeah. No, not Jonas. Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's still there. Yeah, yeah. Herb uh, Herb Jones will be the last yeah. member yeah. of their starting lineup according to stat news. Are they going for it too soon? Is the question. Uh, with you know an older player, it's a move that David Griffin is, I guess, needs to do around uh, right. around Zion Williamson to make him happy with the way that this first six months of the season has gone. I, I expect Zion to come back, and then this is a legitimately a, a solid team for sure with CJ McCollum there. What do you think about yeah, CJ think, to New Orleans? I think adding another guy who can score like that is is important because it's otherwise it, it is a Devonte Graham or a Herb or a uh, Alexander Walker, n- you know, nowhere near as convincing as someone like CJ who can take a little bit of the weight off Brandon Ingram. And I think it is also just a an indication to Zion like we aren't trying to tank, we are trying to compete, we're trying to get at least some uh, show you that like we're trying to get into the playing tournament, maybe the playoffs this season. Whether or not Zion plays or not, I think it's more important to show him that. We're not just sort of letting this season fall away. So uh, I, I think it'd be a good move. I, I, I said that at the start of the season, I thought it was a lost, completely lost season here for the Pelicans, but they really have shown some resistance uh, to get into this position they're in now. And when you consider the teams below them in the standings, they, they should feel that the, the playing tournament is absolutely uh, in play here for them. I guess, if, I guess if you look at it, if Zion Williams is coming back, okay. Okay, this feels good. We got CJ McCollum in our, in our lineup, but if Zion is on some trajectory where he's not coming back this season, and you don't know what kind of Zion you're getting, then you're giving up draft picks for a, sort of being a mediocre team in in the short term, I guess. But I, I guess this means that they really believe Zion's coming back, and that seems to be the vibe around the team. Well, even if he doesn't come back this year, he should be back for next season so. with an entire year of rest. And the Pelicans might make the play-in tournament even if Zion doesn't come back. They've been good, 19-19 and 19, since that terrible 1-12 start. Brandon Ingram, you're starting to see some. Was this guy snubbed for the all-star <laughs> yeah. replacement yeah. cases yeah. on uh, on the uh, on the internet there? So, yeah, <laughs> I think this actually helps. Uh, McCollum has been knocking on the door of the All-Star. He's going to be one of those guys that we're always talking about. Is, mm. it, is he one of the greatest to never make an All-Star game? And I think that's going to be the case. But he's certainly going to be helpful. Ingram, Valanchunas, and CJ McCollum, all three of those guys 
completely different games, but also very similar in that they're going to take up a lot of possessions. They're going to shoot the ball almost every time they touch it, but that helps. So the Pelicans are going to be able to make the playoffs here. And then next season, you've got a decent little core there in Ingram, Valanciunas, Zion, and now uh, CJ McCollum. They've got the third lowest payroll in the league this year. They've got all these picks left over. This is a pretty smart move, especially because McCollum's contract ends the same season as Zion's when you're going to need a lot of money coming off the books so you can sign him to as an extension. Would there have to be more players going back to well, Portland here? Because, you know, McCollum does make $30 million a year, and Josh Hart's like 12 13 So, According to Shams, uh, it is Nikolai Alexander-Walker and Thomas Sanaransky going. Yeah, uh, and draft compensation, he hasn't uh, clarified exactly what that is. So okay. I, I'm guessing that is what's the, uh, the holding it up for it uh, to be confirmed anyway. Okay. Wow, okay, this is a little different now with uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker being the mm-hmm. young the young player, the young prospect that has shown flashes already in the league. You know, I'm high on him. Had him for most improved for crying out loud. Uh, <laughs> and he is Canadian, of course. But, uh, okay. So, yeah, Blazers. <laughs> so now what? They're, this <laughs> The fascinating part with the Lillard now, now they have like two really young guards in Amperty Simons and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. And, uh, reportedly, yeah. Yeah, reportedly. It keeps changing, but yeah, yes. But have, no, more players have to be going back. I mean, mm, to for, make n- for the numbers yeah. to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. That would mean to me that this is a teardown Holy at some crap. point. But I'm, I'm with uh, yesterday when they made the deal for Norman Powell. I guess it was a couple days, or it was Friday now, uh, that I thought, yeah, maybe this could be a quick retool. Draft pick, room for Norman Powell's contract that just got booted. Maybe sign a free agent with that. Maybe we retool, get real bad, and get a draft pick. But now you're training CJ McCollum. I mean, Dame's just going to chill and say, hmm, I don't know, a couple of years. Uh, yeah, then we'll be good. I, I doubt it. I mean, he's been he's been riding this for, for a long time. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find out the package and we'll make another video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Uh, I mean, we're learning this on the fly, so apologies maybe to people listening later or watching later going, that's not the deal. What the hell are you guys talking about? As of right now, we are hearing it's Hart, Sadoransky, and then Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Yes. For CJ McCollum. Yes. Um, did you throw it in the trade machine? Does it work? <laughs> no. That'd be, no. That would make sense yeah. uh, contract-wise, I think. And then draft compensation yeah. going to Portland yeah. as well. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Are we going to be doing an emergency podcast somehow about something we already talked about? <laughs> that's a weird one. Absolutely. Because the Content. things are going to be finalized. I would say nah, because that's Nikhil Alexander Walker's initials. <laughs> yeah. That sucks. Uh, that no, I didn't mind it. sucks. Yeah. Is there somebody named Y-A-H? Uh, the acronym? Why initials? No. Because, yeah, we're going to be doing another video. Okay, content, baby. All right. We got this new table. We got to work it in. Uh, okay, so I want to get to this. February 10th, last day to make trades in the NBA. Everybody knows that. Zach Harper, he noted, that means it's time for every team to look in the mirror. And he's absolutely right because you got to decide whether you're a buyer or a seller here at the trade deadline. And what does that mean? I wanted to break that down. Buyer to me means a team that feels they're like a piece away from like a late season turnaround to become a playoff team to maybe be a title contender, right? Mm -hmm. You're looking for that one or two um, players to really take you to the next level, whatever that level may be. That's a buyer. Seller, on the other hand, like the Blazers, it's looking like looking towards the future. Mm -hmm. Moving players in exchange for young talent, draft capital, cap relief. So... We, I thought I mean, we're not going to go through every team here because we don't have that much time and now we got to make a second video <laughs> um, but I thought it'd be fun to just look at the elite teams like the top six teams in each conference and we can just split them up and each guy could sort of address it and then we can debate whether we agree or not so my only two questions with each squad and we'll start in the Western Conference is are they a buyer or a seller at the trade deadline in your opinion and then who could they potentially move maybe you even have a deal in mind if you're if you were really doing your homework <laughs> last night but the main question is what are they doing 
buying or selling. Trey, start with the Phoenix Suns. You go first. Well, you're going to hate me, Skeets, because I don't know if this makes them a buyer or a seller. Because I think the Phoenix Suns have their team. They've got their nine-man rotation. They know how they play. They're pretty much the same team as last year, adding JaVale McGee. They're good. Like, they don't need any more pieces, but they've still got some moves they could make. The Suns currently have six centers on their roster. <laughs> yeah. DeAndre Ayton, JaVale McGee, lock them in. They'll be playing in the playoffs. Then they've got Bismack Biombo and Jalen Smith and Frank Kaminsky and Dario Saric. Wow. Kaminsky and Saric are out right now. They've needed all four of those last guys. Uh, Saric played last year, but they're not going to need all of them in the playoffs. So to me, I would like to see them take two of those centers and flip them into a different center. <laughs> How about Dario Saric and Jalen Smith to the Spurs for Thaddeus Young? Yeah. Dario Saric not going to be playing this year. Thaddeus Young, a Dario Saric kind of player. He could be their small ball five, give him a little bit different look. His contract expires at the end of this year. He's on a $15 million deal. The Suns, maybe uh, they, the Suns, they owe a first rounder to OKC this summer, but they got a lot of picks they could trade. So maybe they sweeten the deal a little bit for the Spurs. I think it does make it a little tough for the Spurs to re-sign Jalen Smith. So maybe they would want Frank Kaminsky and then be able to trade him or wave him or something like that. But I do think that the Suns have a bunch of flotsam floating around on their uh, payroll right now that they could turn into somebody who helps them come playoff time. Okay, Mm. so yeah, sort of a buyer, but I hear what you're saying. It's sort of a neither, like you're saying. Like, they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. They don't need to make a move, but they could get a little bit better. Yeah, Yeah, Thaddeus Young, if you've got him on the bench, great. Thadjik, he was great for Chicago. You know, he can facilitate. He's a veteran. He's just been around, and those other guys haven't really played. And uh, so if you can, sure, why not? Mm -hmm. But it's really just uh, the rich getting richer in that sense. Yeah, okay. I know the Spurs don't like making trades but that has to be a trade that's a, a name that was floated a couple months ago then mm-hmm. we kind of forgot about him he's kind of like an eric gordon you know it does great veteran stuff he's got to get moved I, I doubt it's the suns because because some other team will offer him maybe a little more definitely a bigger role than the suns have true but he's got to get moved and the spurs are going to be forced to make a deal it feels like get an asset for him why not all right to ask the warriors buyers or sellers or i guess neither here at the yeah they have a bigger need than the Phoenix Suns. They big is the actual word. They need a, a backup center just for insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Draymond Green's got back problems. He is the guy that's going to play down the stretch, of course, at the four. Kevon Looney has been incredible for them starting, uh, but James Wiseman has not played a minute this year. And if he was there, then there would be no issue. I think if he if he got some reps in, but it's looking a little bit more. Unlikely he's going to contribute to a playoff team, whether he comes back or not. They would love three-time NBA champion JaVale McGee on their roster this season. (laughs) They would just love to have him there. Uh, But uh, I I don't see them making a move because they've got 15 guys. They're all locked up, every single one. The guys that they could move, Wontaskana Anderson, I suppose, maybe Damian Lee uh, for a cheap center. But... Uh, I, I think they're going to roll with what they got. And, and and I think it's a bit worrisome. Again, back problems for Draymond Green. Iguodala came back yesterday after um, missing eight games. He left the game early. More back problems. He's 38 years old. So when you look at their bench, number one, it's tiny. Number two, it's young. It's very young. And uh, that's it's a bit worrisome, but... Uh, I, I think they stick with it. They Again, they do have a need. Marc Gasol said he's uh, not fully retired playing uh, with Girona in Spain. I mean, he could be a warrior for sure. Uh, but I don't know. They also are like, oh, whatever it is, a billion gajillion dollars to the luxury tax. So that 
you know, is a bit of an issue for them, even though they should be playing. But they got Clay Thompson playing, so this is uh, like even better at this point. So I, I think they're going to roll with their 15 and think that they got a shot against anybody. But I, I do think injuries are a bit of a worry with right. the team. Do you think they'll they'll stay pat here? I, I think so. Maybe a little around the fringes there, but uh, I, when you you know Clay coming back was their biggest acquisition, right. and uh, yeah, they've got still plenty of games here to play him into game shape. He started to show little glimpses of that. If he can find his uh, real rhythm and momentum come April, which is I guess, what, two months away now for the playoffs. Uh, that, to me, when you've got Draymond healthy, Steph obviously healthy, and Clay, they're as good as anybody else. Okay. Tass, back to you here. Grizzlies, buyers or sellers? This is an interesting one because I think they're both. I think they, they could go in either direction. Okay. Like before this year, uh, they were willing to trade Jonas Valanciunas and kind of take a lateral step because they didn't see Jonas in their long-term plans. I could see them trading Dylan Brooks uh, because even though he's solid, guy could win you a playoff series with his defense. He, he could literally shut somebody down. But with the growth of Desmond Bain as sort of their secondary off-ball shooter, he Dylan Brooks kind of is the same guy. And he played twenty minutes in this, uh, sorry, twenty games to start this season. He went out, mm-hmm. and then Desmond Bain just took on this new role. And Dylan Brooks likes his shots, and I, and I don't know if those shots are going to be there. Now he could come back and fit in perfectly. Uh, so maybe you trade in, may trade Dylan Brooks for somebody who is not as good, just like the Jonas Valanciunas sort of scenario. They traded him for Stephen Adams. I see a KCP name out there that kind of fits really, really well with the Memphis Grizzlies as sort of a stopgap guy. Not going to be there long term, but doesn't need to shoot as much. Just shoots threes. Won't you know take up that space that Desmond Bain works in in the mid range. And so I could see them, yeah, trying to yeah, kind of take a, a lateral step. You know, kind of sell a little bit, but mm-hmm. also if there's a star out there to complement. Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, and John Morant, and they could package, you know, whether it's Dylan Brooks or Kyle Anderson or even Steven Adams. They would do that too. So I, I could see a them big, going big both there. Yeah, big name, yeah. 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 I mean, the, the lateral step, I could see that happening too. Kyle Anderson, I think, should be available. And, and I wonder this Dylan Brooks scenario because he, he is a, you know, you can never have too many wings in this league. So he's going to come back and he's going to help out and, and be there. Uh, but long term, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, you're going to pay Jaron Jackson Jr. You're going to pay Desmond Bain now. He's super duper, 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 duper cheap right now. Uh, and he's going to get a long term deal. I think he's worked himself into being a long term part of this team. But I don't know if Dylan is. I'm not sure. Mm. He, he seemed like it last year, but, you know, getting on, I don't know. He's. He still fits. He's still 26 years old. He's not old. Yeah. I would love to see Dylan Brooks on the Knicks yeah. <laughs> playing for Madison's Square Garden. It'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd be like John Starks 2.0 there. Um, right. But what do, you, what do you think? Do the Grizzlies stay stay put here at the deadline, or do, will they do something like Tass is saying? I've also um, I've got a great uh, Grizzlies fake trade that I need to save for one of the teams okay. I'm talking about later. But it's a really good fake trade, I think. Okay. It's a really good <laughs> wow, one, and tease. it involves Kyle Anderson. But I'm with yeah. you. I do think that they could make a move if the right thing presents itself. You're right. If you if you combine Kyle Anderson and Dylan Brooks contracts this year, you're like t- almost at $22 million. You can get a solid player for that. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. Okay. Uh, the Jazz are up next in the Western Conference as the fourth seed. I've got them as buyers. I know we've talked about this already, so we'll make it quick. Mm. Uh, because with Joe Ingles going down, even before that, we were saying they need more perimeter defense because you got Ingles, you got Clarkson, you need somebody to help Royce O'Neal out there with those assignments. So having the number one offense in the league, that's awesome. But the 13th defense for the Utah Jazz? What? That's 
That's strange. Um, so who can they get? Now you got to find a defender that can also hit a shot. Mm. Uh, you know, you're looking for the classic three and D guy there. I wonder though what we just saw the Cavs do with Ricky Rubio's expiring contract, a guy that was injured, attaching a draft pick, you know, or two really to it to then get a player like Karis LeVert. Will the Jazz do the exact same with Joe Ingles, his expiring deal, and then some sort of draft compensation to get another player? Mm. I don't know who it is though. Yeah, is the thing, I mean Kyle Anderson's come up before uh, as a potential guy that you could see as a wing defender. <laughs> sort of makes sense a little yeah. bit, but um, I think they will be active here. I would assume they're calling a lot of teams looking for that three and D guy. It was amazing hearing Joe Ingles on the broadcast yesterday. He was kind of pining for. Stay, sticking around with the Jazz, basically mm. saying, like, I can be an asset in the locker room. Yeah. Don't freaking trade me. <laughs> he, he, he wants to be around the guys. He came back the, the following day and was in the locker room. He's a great locker room guy. But he also said, you know, it's a business and maybe I am traded. You know, keeping it real, real on the broadcast. But he wants to stick around. Okay. You know, he wants to he wants to be there. But, yeah, it's, it is a business. So, they may, they may yeah, it's, it's a move. Like, who do you get? Well, you can always who be traded and Joe? then just come back. I mean, well, I know Rubio nah, can. Yeah, it's got to be 30 days. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. No, I mean, I mean next, next season. Oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah, right. yeah. Um, what do you Just quickly with the Jazz, do you think they will be a buyer? I, I think they have to be because yeah. they, they absolutely completely lose Ingles' production. So, they need to find something. And, and they can't afford another early playoff flameout. They need to sort of show, okay, we're going for it again this season. So, uh, I think they do. I think they try to find it. Dallas Mavericks, you're up. Yeah, well, last two seasons, two playoff appearances, but both times they ran out of gas. They played the Clippers both times. Remember last season they led 2-0, they led 3-2, and they couldn't uh, win on the ro- uh, they couldn't win game seven on the road in LA. So their biggest problem is Porzingis because in the playoffs last season he averaged 13 points and five rebounds against the Clippers. Not good enough there. Uh, Luca, we know he's fantastic. So I think the Mavericks need another ball handler distributor. I think to go play alongside Lucas so someone can take a little bit of the weight off his shoulders. And I think they also need another big, and I think they need another score as well with Tim Hardaway going down. So <laughs> Otherwise. But, yeah, otherwise, <laughs> they're, otherwise they're fine. But like Dwight Powell is kind of like their, their big right now. So I think someone like Dragic could be had, even though that might be a bit of a Band-Aid solution, but I think that's something to help them out there. I think Eric Gordon could be had for them. Now, not quite the sort of playmaker but a guy who can at least score so that Luca can be like all right I know this guy can shoot he's having a good season too Mm -hmm. there in Houston I think the Rockets would be prepared to give up him and then if they can somehow also maybe get a Nurkic if if now especially what we're seeing here with the Blazers Mm -hmm. I think they need another big guy as well so they need a lot of things here because Luca of course is incredibly talented but as we've seen he just can't do everything in the playoffs. They need someone else. And Porzingis, I hope the Latvian man's not going to email me, but look, <laughs> he didn't turn up. <laughs> he did it. Man. Well, he didn't turn up in the playoffs last season. And the season before in the bubble, he was playing okay, but he got injured. He's out injured right now. He's missed 20 games already this season. Mm. So you just can't rely on him. That's the problem. Boban started last season in the playoffs and actually was okay. That's pretty bad for uh, the Mavericks <laughs> if Boban is their second best player in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, okay. so so you see them trying to be making moves here. I, like I say, I think Dragic, obviously, you know, there's a contract there. And the, yeah. it, what, I don't know what the Raptors can get back, but again, an Eric Gordon, someone to just say to Luca, you're not going to have to do absolutely everything for us. And Tim Hardaway, even though he's injured right now, hasn't really lived up to that contract so far this season. So, yeah, they need okay. some help. Uh, I've got the Nuggets here next. I think this is a fascinating one. I don't know what to think about them because they're such a weird squad. They're still playing really well. They're top six team here in the Western Conference because Jokic is playing out of this world. I mean, he's he's playing better than he was in his MVP season, which is insane. But they're waiting on their guys to come back. Like Jamal Murray, in theory, is returning. 
and then they're a threat, right? If he's if he's at 90, 95%, yes. whatever level he's at coming back from injury, they're really good. We've seen what he can do in playoff series. He's not afraid of the moment. But on the other hand, do you just look at this season as like a, all right, let's just sort of almost like, we don't need to go overboard here. We don't need to have to be, like we made our Aaron Gordon move last year. That was that was all right. It's worked out okay. Um, you know, but we don't need to do that again this year is what I'm getting at here. So maybe they're like sellers only in the sense of like a small name. Like Composo is out of the lineup. He doesn't play anymore because Bones Highland has come on really strong, and they're like, "Oh, awesome! Let's give this guy minutes." I love Bones. And, he, and he's he taking t- them. Yesterday he tweeted, "I want to be an All Star." Good. Just like I think he saw Dejounte Murray's tweet from seven years ago that said, "I want to be an All Star." <laughs> he said, "I want to too." I love Bones. So if this team does have their eye on next season, which I think is totally fair um, because of injuries to Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, then yeah, maybe like it's like the classic organization trying to do right by a player like Composite. They're like, "Okay." You're out of the rotation. We'll get you to a team that maybe you get some more minutes and help a team out or something like that, and they get a little bit of compensation back. I mean, he's a small salary. This is this is nothing here. He's like final year of a four million dollar deal. But I just don't think they're going to be making a big a big move. Their move is well, maybe Jamal Murray comes back. Otherwise, I don't see them even. Ch- you know, Monte Morris. I guess you sell high on him, uh, maybe, but I don't think they will. I guess they got Bryn Forbes a month ago yeah. because oh, they yeah. think. That they are a player. I mean, you don't trade for Bryn Forbes if you think that you're, you know, waiting for next year, I think. I think they are looking forward to the playoffs. But, yeah, they probably don't trade anybody from it because they probably believe in – they do. They traditionally have believed in all their guys. Right. They obviously believe in Michael Porter Jr. and uh, Jamal Murray. And hopefully one of them comes back. So I don't see them being buyers. I don't see them going to get, like, a big name of any note. But maybe they – sell someone around the fringes that's out of the rotation like Composo. all right let's go to the miami heat let's go to the eastern conference tray buyers or sellers here we go this is what i was hanging on to that mm. trade for <laughs> this is exactly because it's kind of actually hard to figure out a trade for the miami heat skeets when you, we did uh you did your trade candidates for all the teams casey opala was the name that yeah. came up not a big name, but their real trade candidate is Duncan Robinson. He's got four years, $75 million on his contract after this season. He's turned it around a little bit here, but it hasn't been bubble Duncan. I think they could basically approximate his production with Max Struess, though Struess is a little bit smaller, doesn't have the continuity with the heat that Duncan Robinson does, and I think Duncan's probably a little bit better defender. My favorite fake trade before last night was Duncan for Eric Gordon, but Gordon has two years left on his deal. He's already 33. I think he'll go somewhere else. So my new favorite fake Duncan Robinson trade to Memphis for Kyle Anderson. Mm. He get a different style player. They don't really have a Kyle Anderson, but he plays defense. He can make plays. He can hit a three if he needs to. He already plays slow like the rest of the Heat do. Memphis gets a younger player on a longer deal who needs does something they need. They need three-point shooting. Mm. They're 27th in the league in threes, 23rd in three-point percentage. This probably doesn't happen. I think the Heat are most likely going to just stay where they're at because they've been a really solid team despite all the injuries. Yeah. But Duncan Robinson for Kyle Anderson is very interesting to me. Mm. I think that really helps both teams. What do you think? I I like that definitely for the Grizzlies, for sure. I think uh, that three-point shooting would be something they desperately need. Uh, For the Heat, yeah. I mean, Kyle Anderson's a veteran. He's, uh, He's on an expiring deal. I just wonder if the Heat, though, do like potentially what Duncan can give them in the playoffs you know another guy who can hit threes because that's what they that's what they like he's a starter they need him out there but um on the surface I think the uh, Grizzlies would be very interested if they could get him uh you know just again to help spread the floor so I like it probably doesn't happen though no no the Heat probably probably don't probably do a whole say lot no, yeah. as we've talked about okay 
Let's go to the Milwaukee Bucks. What do you got? What yeah, are they doing here? Well, uh, pretty obviously here, the Bucks. I mean, they uh, they're not a seller. Uh, but in order to buy, you almost have to sell, have something to sell. Um, True. So it's more a barter. It's more a barter, like a trade. Um, but obviously, obviously the, the biggest, the biggest glaring uh, area. The NBA barter deadline yeah. doesn't have the same. No, it to doesn't. It, it? Um, but it's it's the Brook Lopez situation. Yeah. He was a very crucial part of what they did last season to win the championship. And apart from the opening night, he hasn't played. They've tried Demarcus Cousins. He was okay. They've brought back the Moose. Uh, Greg Monroe is currently on the team on a 10-day. Did you guys know Larry Sanders is still on the payroll in Milwaukee? This is his last season he's getting paid. So obviously for them, you know, they can survive, I think, the regular season without it. But I think if they want to compete again and really be the the toughest team they can be, they need someone who can replace what Brooke gave them, someone like a Miles Turner. Now, I don't think because they gave up so many assets to get Drew Holiday, they really have it. Are they prepared to give up a DiVincenzo? or a Pat Connaughton? I also think probably not. The other problem for the Bucks is compensation-wise, they lost their second-round pick for this season in the deal that didn't happen yeah. with Bogdanovich. So they really don't have anything unless they are prepared to give up one of those younger players, which I don't think they do. So instead, I think they're just going to try to see if they can get something to work with someone they can pick up off the scrap heap or right. maybe in the buyout market. Maybe a Thaddeus Young becomes available. Not the same as Brooke, but a veteran strong presence is what they need there. So they're sort of a little bit um, tied as, as to what they can do. Uh, but I think that's where they're certainly sort of going to be mining the uh, the free agents, the, the, buyout trade, the buyout list, because they want someone in there in Brooke's place. Now, if someone was prepared to take Brooke's contract, I think he's got $30 million on it next season, I think the Bucks would do it because they can't afford to just not have anyone there. They need someone. So, but but then again, the problem comes back to they don't have that draft pick to attach to it. Right. So, right. Uh, so it's a little bit tough. And and according to my research as well, they don't control their first round pick until twenty twenty eight. Milwaukee. Makes so sense. it's worth it. They got the championship. You know, they're a contender again. So no question, it was the right move to make. But now. With this injury, it's obviously been a, a very significant one. This the margin for error is so small. Right. Do you think the Bucks can win a title this season without Brooke Lopez at all? Yes. You do? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, that changes things a yeah. little bit if you believe that. Because some people would disagree yeah. with that. No, of course How they would. But, uh, I, you know. I know Trey being one of them. Yeah. No, I think, I still think they are. They can. Okay. I'm not sure they'd be the favorite, but I, I definitely think they can. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to Trey Kirby's Chicago Bulls. Oh. Buyers or sellers and uh, who could be on the move? I've gone a lot of ways with this for the Bulls, especially over uh, the month of January and early into February. I think they're going to be holders for the most part. Minor buyers, I would say, is kind of what the Bulls are going to settle into because their biggest acquisitions are going to be Lonzo Ball and Alex Crusoe getting healthy in the second half of the season. Maybe Patrick Williams comes back. It seemed like he was going to be out for the year, but now there's a little bit of optimism. He returns. But you've seen how they've played against the best teams in the league so far. 1-11, the Bulls are against the top seven. Obviously, not every team has had their full players. The Bulls haven't had their full players still. They're a good team. They're not a great team. There are still a kind kind of little moves to be made. Troy Brown Jr. hasn't been great for the Bulls. He's making $5 million this season. He has a qualifying offer for $7 million next year. Derek Jones Jr. is hurt right now. He was a good small ball five when he was healthy. His athleticism really helps. He's on an expiring deal, $9 million uh, this year. And Tony Bradley, $2 million this year, $2 million next year. Trade any of those guys. Just try something new. The bench hasn't been incredible, especially uh, in this latest run. So I think they could all be moved and upgraded. Guys I would target are like 
Kenrich Williams, Jakob Pertl, Tory mm. Craig, mm. Larry Nance Jr. just went in this uh, New Orleans Pelicans trade. Thad Young coming back. I don't know. They're just minor players who are a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, who focus on defense. That's exactly what the Bulls need. And they should also trade for a new doctor to get these guys healthy. <laughs> That's the main thing. They're going to get better just by bringing their guys right. back. It's like maybe the four most important acquisitions for any team uh, in – in the league are going to be Brooke Lopez coming back, Draymond coming back, Caruso, and Lonzo coming Jamal back. Jamal Murray. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Guys can return into their team. Somebody's got to duplicate those Phoenix doctors. They seem like the Phoenix doctors were great yeah, the best. in the 2000s, you know, keeping everybody healthy, and now the same thing. I mean, they are 1 through 15. Amazing. All right, three teams left. The Cavs, they've already made their move. They got Karis LeVert. You know, that's another perimeter score. A little playmaking added there. They needed it with Rubio going down, with Sexton, of course, out. I don't think they're going to do anything else. I don't I don't think they're trading a Coro. I think they really like him, obviously being a young guy. I don't think they're trading any sort of draft capital. You know, Sexton Sexton Sexton's excuse me name has come up. I actually think now with what they've done, they're they're gonna be way below the luxury tax, so they they have a chance to retain him and avoid still the luxury tax. I mean he'll have like a basically an eight and a half a million qualifying offer, making him a restricted free agent in the summer. So I don't think they're in any rush. They're obviously playing above their heads. The vibes are great. Get into the playoffs. Get experience for these young guys. Um, help. Maybe win a series, for all we know, with how they play defense. And that's it. So I don't see them doing anything else. Does anybody disagree that they'll make another move here? No. If somebody knocks their socks off on a Colin I mean, sure. Sexton yeah. trade, I would think is the only way it really happens. But bringing yeah. in Karis LeVert for Rubio, like you were going to trade one of those two dead contracts this season for something they got their help so we'll see and now if you can keep colin sexton on a small deal sure that's nice all right lee we gave you this team because we wanted to see fark (laughs) in the slack uh 76ers we we don't need to go long on this but are they going to be buyers or sellers uh, they're looking to sell a mansion and buy a mansion really that's what they're trying to do Uh, i mean obviously it's the simmons and harden potential deal looming but i do wonder if they try to move off the uh tobias harris contract because apparently you know they are trying to get away from him but i don't think they do it unless there's the same sort of things like well we have to make this move for this guy tobias is a frustrating player no doubt about it but he is consistent and he's been on that team for a while i wouldn't just trade him for the sake of trading him if they didn't have andre drummond i would say obviously they need someone to sort of help mop up some minutes behind him but drummond has proven when Embiid's been out, he's been a very yeah. good replacement. So, I really, uh, obviously, everything looms over over Simmons and and, uh, and James Harden, and that's really nothing else is going to change. I don't think before that. Right. You don't see Simmons going to any other team here, even even the Blazers. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's can be in play now. Yeah. I mean, he's a young player under contract. He's got three years after this one. He's a defensive player. So, I mean, it, if the Blazers are like, yep, we're moving on from Lillard, then possibly. Okay. Final team, Toronto Raptors. Buyers or sellers here? We brought up Dragic's name, but anything else they got to go get? Well, the Raptors got to be buyers now. With the way they're playing right now, I would say their top four are untouchable after the six-game win streak. It feels like Siakam, Van Vliet, OG, and Gary Trent are there mm-hmm. for you know this 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 season at the very least to see what they do and for you know the future here. But Scotty with, Barnes is untouchable. Yes, 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 yes. Of course. <laughs> yeah. uh, but with Masai Ujiri there, you n- you never know. Mm-hmm. You never know. These forty-eight hours here before the deadline, there are seemingly players that are coming up, like Damian Lillard. Seems to be coming up. I'm not saying the Raptors are trading for Damian Lillard. 
can't go that far quite yet. Uh, so I, I think the Raptors, yeah, they, they have Dragic available. Precious to chew available. Actually, they should only be able to trade them together, like the way that they acquired them <laughs> right. uh, for for Kyle Lowry. Uh, listen, it does feel like the Blazers are tearing this down. Uh, it feels like the the Wizards are sort of in the same boat. Uh, but you know, sometimes I, I think maybe the GM there in Portland has beat uh, the Wizards to the punch a little bit. I don't know. Is is Beal? Is Beal going to be dealt in the next 40 hours, or is he going to be dealt in the offseason? It doesn't feel like Beal's going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so is, is there a package out there? Is there a package out there that the Raptors could acquire Bradley Beal for? Is that is that is that crazy? I mean, my fingers got to... They could put together a very enticing package. Oh, yes. But the, the question is, are you trade... Yeah, do you just trade for the, the all-NBA level player like yes. a Beal, like we've seen? Yes. But you're giving up two, three... You know, obviously hmm. promising, solid players. Would you trade OG? It depends on the package. That's, I mean, I, I, I think OG, I, Dragic, whatever pick you need to throw in to make it interesting for the Wizards. Wow. I would think about. I mean, I, I put, I put this on the paper. I put this in the trade machine, and it works. Uh, Bradley Beal coming back uh, to join the big four to be with Fred VanVleet uh, and Gary Trent and and OG and Siakam. But you have to give up Scotty Barnes to get him. Scotty Barnes, wow. Dragic, and Chua in a first-round pick, or, or you know whether the, that works, anyways. Uh, I know it sounds crazy, but Masai is willing to yeah. to yeah. make that deal. Oh, yeah. yep. I mean, the the person you're giving up, the talent you're giving up, is Scotty Barnes, mm-hmm. and when, what his ceiling can become. Yeah, really, that's that's the the only the only piece that you're worried about becoming a a superstar player if right. you're Masai Ujiri, right? And, and but then you're also having to like say, does Bradley Beal really make us like, you know, if we have a ten percent chance to win a title right now, does Bradley Beal take us to what, twenty percent, thirty percent? I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. He's asking, like, he's doing this all this on his BlackBerry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does that stop? still work? I, don't yeah, know. I, I thought they stopped that. So. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They just came around and asked for everybody's BlackBerry back? (laughs) (laughs) I guess so, yeah. Okay. All right. So those are the uh, top 12 teams, you know, six in each conference uh, that we debate whether they're going to be buyers or sellers. Maybe you guys agree, disagree. You have the full details of the McCollum deal. It looks like it's like it's fleshing out here a little bit. So what is it? Just give it one more time. So going to Portland is Josh Hart, Nikolai Alexander-Walker, Thomas Sanaransky. Nikhil. 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 Didi Luzada. Uh, a protected 2022 <laughs> first round pick and two second round picks. Oh, okay. Okay, and then going to New Orleans is CJ, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell. So okay. just just looking at the uh, draft picks, they have the Pelicans here. They have a protected one from the Charlotte Hornets, okay. top 14 protected. So I suspect it could be that one uh, in the 2022 draft there. So... Uh, not a bad haul there. I think not a bad trade for both teams here. Uh, you're getting uh, Larry Nance going there to the Pelicans. So they definitely feel like they're, they're going for something this season. They're not just mailing mm-hmm. the season in completely. The, um, the Pelicans, yeah. The Pelicans, yeah. And, and uh, it feels like the Blazers have had to like basically say, wow, we, we want all these picks, but yeah. no one wants to give them to them. So say, hey, we'll give you a young guy that was just a pick, be it Keon Johnson in the last trade, now Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Yeah. I know he's played a couple years. Um 
And then and then here's like another sort of pick, but it's protected. Like yeah, but there's nothing unprotected. Blazers here. are acquiring New Orleans 22 first rounder. Pick comes to the Blazers if it's between five and 14. So they are really wanting the Pelicans to not make it yeah. <laughs> yeah. into the playoffs. Wow. Basically, what the Blazers are doing are undoing every one of Neil Olshay's last moves. It was the Larry Nance trade. It was Robert Covington, yeah. and it was Norm, Norm Powell. Powell. Those are yeah. the last three moves he made. And those are the three moves that Cronin has made being like, hey, I don't know about that, Neil. Right. right. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. st- are we still doing another show after this? Absolutely. All right, well, let's wrap this one up. Let's take a break. We'll get to Tweet of the Night and pick up results. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right. <laughs> I thought I was talking to myself there for a second. Ventriloquist. Uh, all right, we're back with the uh, No Dunks crew here in the Classic Factory. Shout out to the stream teamers joining us live, doing big numbers once again. Take a second to like the video and subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube, especially this week as we get to the trade deadlines. deadline on Thursday. We're going to be here at the new desk all day long uh, reacting to hopefully a bunch of the deals coming through. Let's get to Tweet of the Night, though. Mm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Oh, my God, did I mail this one in. There was just too much going on in the NBA right now, and I was I was panicking. I needed a tweet. And so I checked out this great Twitter account called at No Dunks Inc., INC on the end. Mm-hmm. And they had this great tweet that I was like, oh, that's funny. That's a nice photo. And, you know, it was topical. And the tweet said, computers are part of the NBA now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to, uh, to the New York Knicks. And then there's this photo of us. And Lee, you said it's from 2013, yes. October. And you got JD, you got Matty O, you got me, of course, Tass, and uh, Trey Kirby. And got some small beards there. You got no beards in my case and there's a cool um, iPhone 5 on the table Uh, (laughs) Lee's got a mouse that he's plugged in what mouse are you using? I have no idea (laughs) absolutely none yep so uh, just a I guess just sharing this, I mean, it works two ways, right? Because of the whole computers are now part of the NBA with the whole uh, (laughs) tips part but then, you know the desk part, too. We're mm. sitting here at a new desk, and that's an old desk mm. we sat at. That nice. table is trash. Yeah, that last one, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what kind of wood that it was, but oh. it doesn't look like oak, and it doesn't look high quality to me. <laughs> I agree. Mm. Yeah. It's, I mean, Lee, if you were guessing what type of wood that old desk is, what would you say? Teak? <laughs> you think that's a teak? <laughs> are you kidding? JD no, drops a guess. So I guess. I took a guess. He took a guess. He doesn't yeah. know what. Okay. What are you, Christian? <laughs> well, we're saying how bad the wood is, and then he names the best wood there yeah. is. 
I didn't know you were such a big woodman. I'm a wood guy. <laughs> for sure. So you take yeah, a guess, woodman. What do you think? Uh, for, for Micah? I don't even know. Like oh, Particle yeah. board. Yeah. Look at that piece of shit. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> Garbage desk, yeah. Now we're sitting at a nice oak here. It's really nice. <laughs> What's weird is that we sat at that desk a lot, but I can't even orient myself. Where... Where like, this, uh, which direction is this? No, well, so that, <laughs> no, that's that door, the, yeah. yeah, was the like control room for yeah, yeah but like March Madness and stuff. I yeah, yeah, but is there a hallway on the left there? Like yeah, there you go around yeah. that corner and yeah. you're exiting out kind of okay. to yeah. Studio V. It just doesn't look like there's a hallway there. It just looks like a wall. <laughs> I agree. It does. It I does. agree. Yeah. It's a little deceiving. Yeah. I mean, single-use plastic all over the table, too. Terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Horrendous. And not enough outlets. That's what I hated about this desk. <laughs> I was caught. Yeah, yeah, we had terrible outlets. You're yeah, right. Yeah, there's no... It, it really is just a room for hanging, not for working. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, not... This The computers weren't a part of modern-day work back then. I mean, this is 2013. No outlets. Computers Weird. were not a part of the NBA back uh, then? No, exactly. Nope. They are yeah. now. And I'm looking at that phone, Skeets. That's an iPhone 6C. And I oh, always say oh, that I because I know that, just like that table, that's the worst iPhone I ever had in my life. The 6? I hated the iPhone 6C. Mm. Maybe because it was, it felt like a child's phone. Look how tiny like that yeah. thing looks. Yeah, like. it was just, I, I hated that phone. <laughs> Lee's mouse is bigger than your phone. <laughs> Wild. That All phone right. sucks in that table. <laughs> Not teak. All right. Shout out to Matty out there. Now, that's a real desk right there. Real oak. Picking results brought to you by BetMGM. Last night, Suns Bulls. Suns were favored by six and a half. We had Tass taking them. We had Lee taking them. As we talked about at the start of the show, you guys were looking good. They were up 15 a couple minutes ago. Got this one wrapped up. No, no, no. Here come the Bulls with the backdoor cover. Oh, what a win for Trey and I. Trey improves to four and one. In the month of February, I improved to three and two. Same record as Lee. I actually got to be honest, Taz. I felt bad for this loss. Mm. Taz is still looking for a win in February, and you had it, and it just got snatched from you there by the Chicago Bulls. Cover. I'm trying to have a winless month. I'm going for it. Never been done. Never been done. It's hard. It's hard to back <laughs> back your way into that. Uh, it's more to prove that you shouldn't gamble. This segment brought to you by BetMGM. Uh, Boston visiting Brooklyn. I thought it was a, a bit of a tough game tonight. Brooklyn, mm-hmm. five and a half point dogs at home. And that's why uh, we're Splitsville on this one. Mm. Trey and I think the Nets will cover despite all their injuries. Obviously, no Durant, no Kyrie playing at home unless something changes in the next He's few weeks. He's out again? Yeah, that's the question. I'm not sure. Okay. Just went with the five and a half point fighters. Yeah. He's questionable. Well, I, I believe that they'll scrap out everybody believing in the Celtics, Skeets and, and Lee taking the Celtics. Yes, they're seven and one over their last eight. They have beaten a lot of bad teams, even yeah. though, uh, you know, I, I, I want to believe that they're legit. But six points to win by on the road is mm. a good amount. So that's a good line, line makers. Good stuff. <laughs> got a Splitsville over here. Lee and I taking the Celtics, and we got Trey and Tass taking the Nets to cover. Okay, let's call it there. We got to regroup and do a whole other podcast on the CJ McCollum to the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans trade. So uh, make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube and Apple or wherever you listen to us. So you'll see that come through as soon as we're done doing that. Email in your NBA questions all week long to nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. Get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Get yourself some nodunks gear over at nodunks.com. And again, just make sure you subscribe because we got to uh, take a second, get this show up, 
you know, I gotta use Grammarly to do the description and all that. And then we'll uh, sit right back down here and go live, I'm sure, or at least do another podcast on the McCollum news. That's a big deal. McCollum is a, a good player. Oh, yeah. And the Blazers are obviously making some decisions here, so I can't wait to really unpack it because we were we were finding out little tidbits yeah. there as the show went along. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what happens when you do it live, you know? It's fun, isn't it? I love it. Yeah. I, I live too. for this. Yeah. <laughs> this is all I have right now, man. Uh, we, we will talk to you guys very, very soon. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to call this table Charles, as in Oakley. Now, I might not say it out loud, because calling inanimate objects names is weird, but uh, I'll say it to myself. Nice to have you on the team, Charles. Good first show, Charles. Brace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.